You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday, final podcast of of the week. We are wrapping up Will Guillory week of The Athletic, wrapping up the interview series we did with him. We're going to be touching on guys like Drew Holiday, the Duke contingent here, the in-arena experience, everything else you think you might want to know about this Pelicans team. It's a lot of fun, and I appreciate him coming on all week with me. Before we get that, we're going to talk Sports Illustrated and an article written by Jake Fisher about David Griffin, a really good profile that should make you really excited. And then things spun out of control with that with some questions. Quotes taken out of context. I'll try and kind of explain what he means because he said all of this before. So none of it should be a huge surprise, but we'll kind of dice it up just a little bit before wrapping up with Will in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So if you haven't read the article, first and foremost, after you listen to this podcast here, go and check it out over at SI.com, written by Jake Fisher, just a profile of David Griffin, and looking at some of the things he's overcome, you learn a little bit more about him as a person and what he's looking to build, and this fits in line with everything we've heard him say this offseason. This guy is very clearly culture-driven and wanting to build an organization that kind of fits in line with the vision he has. And when he took over the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's what he was going to do. But he didn't really get that opportunity because soon after he was named GM of that team, LeBron James said he was coming back. And that changes your plan of what you're doing and how you're building the team because, well, you're all of a sudden in win-now mode when maybe you weren't before. That's fine. That makes a ton of sense. And that's probably, honestly, how it should be. You got LeBron James on your team. You try and win a title right there. You don't plan five, six, seven, eight years down the line and into the future. So this all makes a ton of sense. And he goes on to say it wasn't fun. It was inorganic and something that he didn't feel was sustainable or what he wanted to do. And that's where things start to get taken out of context because people are just showing those quotes without really looking at what kind of goes on behind them. He goes on to say it's not fun because basically LeBron James gets all the credit and none of the blame. And that's not something that people in the organization want either. This all fits with his culture building mindset. And it was funny because a former boss of mine reached out to me, sent me a text message the other day saying he's really intrigued by the Pelicans, but because of what they're doing in the front office, doesn't really care much for basketball. He's interested in culture building as someone who manages 30 plus employees. So seeing what David Griffin does and the approaches he takes to make himself so successful are really intriguing to him. So he's following the team more because of that kind of thing, which I think is kind of an intriguing twist on it all. But when you get to be the GM of a team, there's 30 in the league. That's it. 30 of these jobs exist in the world. You have an idea of what you want to do. You've prepared all your life to get to this point to take over. It is your dream job. You don't necessarily think you're going to get another chance at one of these jobs again in the future either. So you have a way you want to go about doing it. Whether it works or doesn't will be found out in the future. David Griffin definitely had that going into Cleveland. What he wanted to do, how he wanted to go about it. And 
couldn't execute any of that or even really try because of LeBron James coming back. And again, you should pivot and you should change how you approach things. And it was probably mandated by the owner too. So he didn't get to do exactly what he wanted to do or how he would have done it in the perfect world or even go about it slightly. And that's why he says after they won the title in 2016, he knew he wasn't coming back. It was just unsustainable. He also probably saw the end of this roster working out that they had traded away so many first round picks and kicked the can so far down the road that, yeah, they probably it wasn't worth staying there. Why would you? You can't be the GM with no draft picks or anything like that. That's not how you're going to build a contender for years down the line. And that's why he said when he comes here to New Orleans, he's doing it the way he really wants to. So some of the quotes that he said are getting taken out of context, and he said there was it wasn't any fun, he didn't have the joy in it, he needed to step away from the NBA and take that sabbatical, living in Napa, Sonoma, going down NBA TV to rediscover his love of the game, and he found it. And then he found an organization that's going to let him go out and just kind of do what he wants to do and build the team like he wants, and we're seeing the early returns of it here. And it's all thumbs up, basically, for everybody. So I think these quotes are kind of getting taken out of context. I think people are just looking at this a little too much and just kind of want to have a quick take on it when, frankly, makes a lot of sense. You've prepped your whole life for this, and you have a plan on what you want to do. And then one day, well, too bad, you can't do that plan. you got to do it this way now because of LeBron James coming over. Not that he's anti-LeBron James or dislikes LeBron James. So overall, I don't think this is a big deal. I didn't even realize this was a thing since I was off of Twitter most of yesterday until I got home. I don't care. Whatever. We see what he's doing, building a team the organic way, the way he wants to build it. And it's got very good dividends here so far. The early returns are in. We love it here in New Orleans. So that's really that. I don't care. Even if he hated LeBron, I wouldn't care. Build the team here how you want. Whatever happened in Cleveland happened in Cleveland. And I'm judging you now based on what we see with this team. But I get it. And he kind of said this. He said early on, I think it was on the Woj podcast, when he found out LeBron James was coming back, it was 45 seconds of like pure joy followed by just complete terror after the fact on what you've got to do to put a winner around LeBron James. And the media scrutiny that comes with, look at how Palinka and Magic Johnson have just been killed this past year, where LeBron's not taking the majority of that flack. He's gotten more maybe than he has in his career before. But man, he is, it's, it's the other people that do, and I get it, it sucks, not how he wants to do it. And if that's kind of the way the blame gets thrown around with none of the credit, that obviously doesn't fit how he wants to build a front office either. So all of this just makes sense if you're here locally, and it's why you should listen to local podcasts here, like Locked on Pelicans. So we're going to wrap up Will Guillory week in just a moment here. But before we do that, support of Locked On Pelicans this week comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have even seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so back to Will Guillory week here at Locked On Pelicans. Again, Will is of the Athletic. Subscribe if you don't already. It's really worth it. They have like 40% off promo codes all the time. Get on there. You get great Saints coverage, great Pelicans coverage, NBA coverage, NFL, any team in the league. It is out there, and it is awesome. They do a great job, and I've been a subscriber for over a year now, and I absolutely love it. And don't forget, follow Will on Twitter. It's at Will Guillory. And let's just dive right on into the conversation, starting off with Drew Holiday. So we've talked a lot about the new guys coming to the roster here, but one guy we haven't really focused a ton on who seems like he's going to be the focal point is Drew Holiday. 
David Griffin's talked him up. I think some of it is to take a little bit of the burden off of Zion Williamson coming in this year. But it seems like he really does believe in Drew Holiday and that there's another level for the guard to get to and maybe be an all-star again. How do you see him improving his game? And what do you think we're going to be in store for this year from him? Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, you know, part of what you said. I think, you know, it's obvious that David Griffin is really pushing that idea of, hey, this isn't all on Zion's shoulders. This isn't Zion's team yet. We want to have a lot of confidence in Drew Holiday. I don't know if I necessarily buy Drew Holiday MVP just yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, we got a long way to go. Yeah, we're not going to get there. <laughs> but I think I, I do agree with a lot what David Griffin has said about, you know, Drew Holiday can be the number one for a team. I think we saw him do that for part of last season. And I think I, there's some questions about how good you can be if Drew Holiday is your number one. But I think he's shown that he can be that guy offensively, defensively, in the locker room, leading young guys. I think he proved it last year. And I think he's oh, yeah. really excited for this opportunity to, to, to prove he can be that guy. And I think there's only 30 teams in this league. And we can say that Drew Holiday has one of them. And I think that's something that's valuable to a lot of guys around the league to be able to say, yeah, this is my team. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he kind of takes on that role, how it affects his game, what they do to kind of help him, you know, uh, so he can be the best version of himself. Uh, I think a lot of talk is going to be around how many minutes they play him, how often they put him on the other team's best player on defense, you know, to kind of try to save him for offense. And all of that stuff is going to be a big focus. But I, I think ultimately where I think once again, we're going to see Drew Holiday have the best season in his career. I firmly believe that. I think he's going to be around 23, 24 a game. I think he's going to be pushing for all-star status. Uh, that's going to play a big part in the, the, the Pels record, of course, but I think uh, he's going to be one of the best guards in the league. And I think he was that last year. And I think he's going to be that again this, this year. And I think uh, it's going to be really exciting to see how he reacts in this new role and without this AD cloud over him and how he kind of takes the mantle of being the guy for this franchise. Well, I've been saying, I think one of the more enjoyable things to me about watching this team and covering this team the past couple of years is watching him kind of mature into this leader that he's become. It would have been easy, it seemed like, for that locker room to fall apart last year, and they didn't have any issues after that AD trade request, probably because Drew is just a consummate professional, it seems like. Look at him taking these young guys under his wing, particularly Frank Jackson, who's been working out with him in L.A. various summers, and I think that goes a long way towards it. He's a guy who is bought into the vision David Griffin has. It seems like that's important to the Pelicans' front office. And I think we saw him be kind of the guy, maybe in that Portland series the sweep where I think in the closeout game game four he had 40 plus points he had another 35 37 point game I think during that maybe it was 32 but he showed you what he can do offensively if that's capable to be carried over for 82 games remains to be seen and they certainly need to manage his minutes a little bit better than they did last year but we've seen flashes of it and that dude is really really good maybe not MVP level but you know top level Drew Holiday is awesome to watch yeah, absolutely. Now, I would add to that, I think the most underrated game of Drew's career, and I think you could argue maybe the best game of his career was game five against Golden State, where they lose Rondo for the oh, second yeah. half of that game. And Ron, and Drew basically plays all 48 minutes, gets a triple-double, made some incredible passes, crazy finishes around the rim. He's guarding Kevin Durant on the other end. Uh, I mean, it's crazy to think everything he did for that team during that playoff run. 
And I think he adds so much on both sides of the court uh, when he's playing at the top, top level. And I think just having some pieces around him that are going to take some pressure off, like Brandon Ingram, like Zion. He's got some big, big guys that can work with him in pick and roll. He's got a point guard like Lonzo Ball who can be a facilitator, who can get rebounds. He could defend the other team's best point guard so Drew doesn't have to. I think they've really done a good job of building a team around Drew that can put him in position to play his best basketball now. They need him to stay healthy. Of course, he's been mostly healthy for the past few years. He dealt with that core issue at the end of last season. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem going into training camp, but ultimately you need him to be great and healthy for the whole season, and you need him to play his best offensive basketball. Uh, but I think when he's at the top of his game, we saw in the playoffs that he's he's an elite, elite guy on both ends of the court. Yeah, I think everyone's really excited to see him kind of, what was it, be allowed to dominate is the quote. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do next year. So we've talked a lot about the players and how they're going to play on the court. But what about some of the off-court thing? And you're going to hate this part. They've got the Duke group going on there the brotherhood um, it seems like though that's paying real dividends early whether it's recruiting guys like jj reddick just getting guys comfortable together you saw in summer league zion and frank just hanging out like they were best friends it's a real thing isn't it having a bunch of duke guys on this roster yeah, absolutely and i think especially for a guy like zion like you brought up when there, there was a whole bunch of questions about how he would fit in with this roster how he would fit in with this city and i thought you saw him immediately gravitate toward Frank Jackson. And I think Frank was a guy that was probably around Duke a little bit when Zion was getting recruited there, maybe during a few of those summer sessions. And I think Frank uh, is a guy that, you know, is easy to get along with. And I thought they, they spent a bunch of time out in some uh, Vegas together for summer league. And I think you're going to see the same thing with Zion and Jaleel Okafor, Zion and Brandon Ingram. And I think having an older guy like JJ Reddick, who, who Zion's going to immediately have that Duke connection with, and he can speak to, to Zion about uh, what it takes to be great in this league and how, how you need to work and what's it like to, to deal with an 82-game season and all the pressures that come along with it. And I think just having a bunch of people that Zion can immediately get along with and I think relate to and help him make this transition to the NBA, I think is going to be extremely important. Uh, I wish it was uh, more North Carolina guys on the team. I wish we could get like a Vince Carter or a Raymond Felton or something. But I think just for the, the, the success of the team, maybe not my happiness. I think they've been pretty smart about the way they handled the whole Duke thing. Are you ready for it just to be tagged in everything about this all year? I saw the Pels Twitter account tagged you in, like, the Duke Brotherhood tweet they put out. Just, like, randomly in there. It was great. It was not. It was wrong. I was not happy about it. Uh, I got all these Duke people in my in my Twitter mentions every day about this Duke thing. Uh, I'm just ready for the, the NCAA season to get here because I know my guy Cole Anthony is going to carry me to some wins. I'm expecting to maybe make a few wagers behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. With some of these, some of these Duke people around the organization, uh, but I, I, I have full confidence in my guy Cole Anthony and my Tar Heels and the way they'll handle these Dukies next year, especially because I am not there anymore. Well, that helps a little bit, I guess. Did you see that the court looks like it got repainted, or the stairs a little bit? It's like a lighter shade of blue that's closer to that Duke blue a little bit too. Oh God, it's just gonna be Duke everywhere. It's gonna be <laughs> Duke T-shirts. I'm gonna have to hear about Coach K and all these Coach K stories. Uh, I would rather we change the subject. Yeah, it's okay. So Saints training camp got under <laughs> underway this this week for everything. 
So I'm going to give Will a break here talking about Duke for just a minute. By the way, do you all see at uh, Saints training camp the other day, half of his media availability, Drew Brees just talked about Zion Williamson and the Pelicans and how excited he is. I don't think this is like a mandate coming down from anyone saying, talk about this, help us build this. I think he's just genuinely excited about this. And his kids seem genuinely excited about basketball and Zion Williamson, which is just a very cool thing to see. And if you're excited about Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, don't forget to Subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcast from. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, App, uh, Google Podcasts. We're basically everywhere. Just search Locked on Pelicans. And please, if you get a chance, leave a five-star review. It takes just 30 seconds and is a big thing for the podcast. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So keep it kind of the not players part of aspect of it. It seems like there's a little bit of coaching changes going on on the bench. Guys coming back in uh, Jamal McMillan, some guys leaving in Darren Ehrman. How do you think that's going to impact the team this season? We're all kind of assuming Bizdelic is going to come on board. How does he differ maybe yeah. a little bit from Darren Ehrman, who was the defensive guy before him? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting because I think that what David Griffin kind of sold with bringing back Alvin Gentry was they were hoping to have a little bit of, you know, consistency with that that coaching staff. And I think you saw some overturn, just like you said, with some of the guys leaving out, some new people coming in. But I think uh, most importantly, they got to bring in somebody that's going to have a big focus on defense. And I think Jeff Bizdelic, uh, we, we know he did a great job in Houston with those guys and maybe bringing in more of a switching scheme with a guy like Zion Williamson, you know, a guy like Lonzo Ball, maybe they can do a little bit more more switching than they did in the past. Uh, I think just overall defense is going to be really important for this team, especially when you got so many new pieces. I think it's going to be difficult just to get that chemistry and that cohesion on the defensive end. And I think having a veteran guy like Jeff Bizdelic is going to help them a lot. And I think ultimately when you lose a guy like Kevin Hansen, I think about how important he was for AD's development and having a guy that was there from day one, basically, and helped uh, AD at every step of the way. And I, I would think at some point they want to get somebody like that for Zion that can be that guru, that somebody uh, that he just works with every single day on that jump shot, on his ball handling, on his post moves, on his free throws, just somebody that can just just speak to him and know exactly how he works, how he needs to improve, and, and can give him the honest truth about his which is where you're not doing enough. Here's where you need to be better. And I think uh, that was so important for AD. And I think he would tell you, he would say that himself uh, about that relationship he had with Kevin Hansen. And I would hope that they can get somebody like that for Zion uh, that he can be comfortable with. And we can look down the road five years from now and, and just see how much they did together. It's that relationship between AD and Kevin Hansen, I think is something that doesn't uh, get maybe the publicity it deserves. Cause like you said, he was there from day one and AD, I think hated him in the beginning because he was pushing yeah. him to be better and kind of grow in ways he didn't want to do it or didn't like the type of coaching, but we saw the type of player AD became from that and getting a guy like that for Zion to really kind of be that guy to lean on the guy that pushes him when maybe some of the other players or coaches might not, I think is going to be a really big thing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think when you have a star guy like that, especially when you saw with AD, I think it was crazy. I mean, I slept on, I think a lot of people slept on, was that uh, he had so much in him, and there was so much you can draw out of him, and I think putting him outside of his comfort zone, which was something Kevin Hansen always talked about, kind of pushing him to do more and do things differently and kind of refine these little parts of your game because there's so much in there, and I think with Zion, we're going to see the same thing as he grows throughout the years that there's so much that they can draw out of him. I and mean, he's going to be look like a such a different player 
four years from now, I think, than the guy he is now. And I think you saw that from AD when he came into the league as basically oh, a 14 guy. And now he's an elite jump shooter, a ball handling. I mean, a much stronger, a better post player. I mean, he, he grew his game in so many different areas. And I think we're going to see that same thing for Zion because he has that same type of talent. And he just needs somebody to kind of bring it out of him. Yeah, and we'll see as he grows. And it's easy to forget this dude's what about to turn nineteen, or just did or did turn nineteen. And it's just kind of wild to see. And hopefully he does grow like AD because that means things went really well here. So it feels like it's a, just a new era in general for the Pelicans. You hoping for some new jerseys? Uh, are, were you a fan of the Mardi Gras ones? I don't think you were, right? I was not a fan of the Mardi Gras. I like the uh, the earned jerseys. I think those should be the permanent white home jerseys. Um, I've always been a fan of the red jerseys. Everybody loves the red jerseys. Uh, I think uh, they got to do something with the blue ones. That's the ones that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, okay. I think I want to see more earned jerseys, more red jerseys. That's that's my uh, call for sure. Yeah, I think that's the general feeling. It, the draft fest they had for drafting Zion downtown was all red. It seems like that's kind of the color they're pushing. So hopefully we'll get some changes. We've got to get a bit of an update to the in arena experience this season now, right? You've got Zion coming in. He's already got the let's dance thing. There's like, this is the chance I think to really capture new fans with someone this exciting and really make this feel like, like a, maybe a home court advantage type thing or something a little more customized to the city. Yes, and I want to take this opportunity out to say, please, 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 Pelicans, if you're listening to me on this podcast right now, please, let's upgrade the music in the arena, please. For me, for everyone else, let's get rid of the 03 playlist. I don't want to hear any of these old songs. Let's, let's upgrade it. Let's bring it to 2019, 2020. Let's get this thing right and get some music that people can enjoy at the games, get an experience that people can enjoy because, I mean, it's, the crowds are going to be much bigger, like you said. There's going to be a whole lot more eyes on this team. So I think we got to see some improvement from the music. we got to see some improvement from the, the on-court stuff during timeouts. Uh, I want to see it much better, and I think we're going to get, like, what, at least one Let's Dance camp every game, right? Yeah, there's got to be a Let's Dance camp. That's got to be the hashtag next year, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's got to like, be Let's Dance. They were changing it to bird strikes, it seemed like, which, like, eh, whatever. Obviously, you don't yeah, want to use... Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one. No, you don't want to use do it big again, I get. Let's Dance is perfect. Yeah, and it fits into the culture of the city, you know, and, and uh, every game you see people dancing, and, you, you, know, you know, they got to have the jazz music, you got to have a little bounce music, and have it all in there. And then we got to just see Zion dance, so he, he's got the less dance thing going, but I don't think I've ever seen him actually dance. Oh, well, he can, get, he can get lessons from all the Saints players. He's out there at, uh, at training camp the other day. You know, that's what it, that gets everyone wild in the Dome on a Sunday when you see the players dancing on the sideline in the middle of the game and the crowd just gets fired up. We need him to do that. Like the start of the fourth quarter or something, maybe he starts dancing and that's what gets everybody going. Yeah, and remember, I don't know if you were at the open practice last year, but we saw Frank Jackson kill it in the dance contest. Yeah. Between him and the rest of the rookies, and maybe Frank could get out there and do a little something. Uh, but we got to get all of these guys dancing. If, you, if your mantra is let's dance, I got to see some of y'all actually dancing, other than Alvin Gentry. I know Alvin Gentry will dance. He'll, oh, he'll definitely dance. <laughs> Alvin Gentry won't mind dancing, but I got to see some players actually dancing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that'll be what the open practice is for. There's more rookies this year to dance to for everybody, so they, I think they always make like, them do that. It's, it's, well, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, that open practice is probably going to have as many people as like a, a regular game from last year. Oh I have a God. feeling like it's going to, ex- have you ever seen the excitement level like this? 
and nothing like it. It's insane, and I think you're exactly right. I can't wait to see that open practice because I thought the crowds, especially the the year they they uh, brought Boogie back after they traded for Boogie, and then the year he actually started the season with them, that was a great crowd. And I thought yeah. that the city was really excited about the team that year. And then you saw towards the end of the season when they made the playoff run, the excitement was probably at an all time high. But right now. I mean, I haven't seen anything like this. The way people are talking about Zion everywhere you go about this team, David Griffin and what he's done, obviously the Lakers and AD and, you know, what's it going to be like when this team plays against the Lakers and when AD comes back to town and everybody's just scrolling Instagram every single day waking, waiting for that thank you uh, post from AD. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Uh, I think it, one day we'll get it. But I think – it's crazy to see how much the fans have kind of embraced this team and the idea of the post-AD era with Zion and what it's going to look like. And to think, just like we said, man, a few months ago, where this thing was at and where it's at now is insane. Yeah, you know, when when a, when you trade away a superstar like that, you usually kind of go into like a dark time here for a franchise, and it's the exact opposite. I don't think the future's ever been brighter. I think people around the city realize the future's never been brighter, and that's really what's attracting them to a lot of it too. So it's going to be a really fun year. Um, I th- I'm sure we're all very excited for training camp, preseason, and all of that to get going. Well, thank you so much for taking the time this week on Locked On Pelicans uh, with me. Let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and if you've got anything coming up on the athletic soon too yeah uh, follow me on twitter at will guillory that's g-u-i-l-l-o-r-y you can follow my work at theathletic.com along with all of my, my other family members you know uh, all my saints people over there and we got brody out there and br for lsu and yeah we're, we're just covering the rest of the summer you know i'm going, trying to line up some stuff with zion williamson some stuff with drew holiday uh some big feature stuff and i think it's going to be really exciting just to see all of this stuff come together uh, kind of telling the stories about these guys, you know, the, the people that the, the fans don't really know that much. I want to really, you know, tell some of these behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, I think it'll be fun kind of, you know, getting to know these guys in, in a different light. Yeah, and they've all got great personalities, so I can't wait for that. And like I said, I subscribe. I really recommend everyone subscribe. It's well worth it. It's coverage you're not getting anywhere else, and you're not getting the stories like Will's telling there. So, Will, we're going to do this a bunch this year, I'm sure. So thanks for coming on with me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. This week of Locked on Pelicans will Guillory week here at Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all next week.